The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Table Talk, and we are doing our short series uh, on the three things that the church got wrong. And it's the ch- wait, the church got something wrong. <laughs> Believe it or not, Nathaniel, the church indeed got something wrong. <laughs> More than one, in fact. <laughs> but I do want to be clear, though, for those that are listening, that it's not just a case of the fact that the church did something wrong, so we're pulling the church down. This is a point of us identifying what things that we can see that have gone wrong in our own church background so that we can learn from them to improve. This isn't, this isn't taking pot shots at our church or any other church. This is us saying this is something we can clearly see in history and we want to see it not in the future. So we can do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm here at the table with myself, of course, Luke, Dave, Ben, and Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here with myself. I know. Me, I myself, know. and I, we're here at the table. <laughs> nice to have you guys. If I had any more personalities, I could do the show by myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll do the show and you can go talk amongst yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, does someone want to tell the people what we're talking about in this episode? Micromanagement. Mm. Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you so, mean the church micromanages people, Ben? No, no, of course not. <laughs> No, just... I thought we were doing a business podcast here. <laughs> no, the church just cl- clearly stipulates what people should do and then changes its mind several times and monitors them to the point where they can no longer function. Oh, yeah, micromanagement. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, we're taking this all pr- pretty pretty lightly, but in a lot of churches, there is a fair degree of mob micromanagement where people are given positions, but they aren't empowered to do those positions. Mm-hmm. They have to run everything past the board or some senior person to see it happen have you guys seen it happen in your experience yes unfortunately yeah i think the the better question would be has anybody not seen it happen (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's a fact of human nature really isn't it we 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 desire control and the best way to control people is to micromanage right and also if someone has been in that position for eons and then they decide you know you know i've got to retire from this position for whatever reason and then it's the next person, it's hard to let go of the reins, but also the next person comes along. It's like, no, you should be doing it this way, this way, my, the way that I've yeah, been doing exactly. it for the last yep. 20 years. Mm. Yeah, I was at a church once and uh, the head deaconess had been head deaconess for, you know, a long, long time. And she wouldn't let you do it your way? <laughs> <laughs> That was the sound of me hitting Dave. Just, um, I just wanted to be clear because I wasn't hiding anything. Um, but basically, when she uh, stopped being head deaconess and someone else took the role, it was very difficult to find anyone to take the role because no one thought that they could do the job that she was doing. Yeah. And even when people took the role, there was a lot of micromanagement from one who was no longer head deaconess. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think what you're saying is exactly right. It's very much a, a human yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, we can definitely understand passing on some of that information that you've learned over those years but everyone's different they operate differently different things work yeah so what okay well let me ask you a question why is it a bad thing because ultimately like you said a lot of people it's just you know trying to help or whatever but why is it a bad thing can i make that question just a slight bit more pointed please do um if your ideas are good does that make micromanagement okay (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes we we legitimize our micromanagement by saying well, the person's not going to do the job as well as I can anyway, so I'm just going to tell them all of the things that they need to do to do the job well. Mm-hmm. Does if, that make it okay? Yeah. If, if someone's yeah. just starting out and they have no idea, there would be a cause for a fair, a fair amount of micromanagement. Yeah, well, some level, but... But that, that training but is one, one, that's, yeah. that's training. Yeah. Once they've got that understanding, then you're stifling... Their their creativity. Yeah. Well, can I ask this question? Did Jesus micromanage his followers? No, no. no. He, he gave them the training and um, kicked them out of the nest and go go yeah. fly. <laughs> yeah. I yes. think I think um, that the best way to learn something is often through failure. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what micromanagement doesn't take into consideration. When we feel a need to, you know, compel others to do things our way, we're not letting them, you know, like you said, Ben, spread their wings and fly for themselves. Yeah. And sometimes when you spread your wings, you fly and you hit a branch, you know, <laughs> and you've just got to be like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, little flatten those right? feathers out. Try, try number two. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter how many times Mama Bird told you not to fly into a branch, mm. you didn't learn it quite so well as until you got that headache. Yeah. And I think it's the same in any form of leadership leadership um you know that's not to say we want to set people up for failure but we want to set them up in the kind of way that they can experience failure yeah. and then fall back on you as support i think yeah as well, absolutely that's, that's the way jesus did it. he sent them out and said you know after you've been out come and report yeah. to me yeah that's right you know yeah. what did you experience how did it go yeah what did you yeah. see what did people tell you yeah mm-hmm. So I think one of the reasons why micromanagement is is such a big deal is that because is because God um, values free choice above all mm-hmm. else, right? He would not have sent His Son Jesus had He not have given us free choice. Mm. So that's how much He values free free will, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we should offer the same kind of free will to those who we are leading, you know, to to those whom we have authority over, because that's God's role with us, right? Mm-hmm. So just following His example and and. Um, what God does is He invests us with potential, right? And one of the ways He invests us with that potential is by, by with Adam and Eve, He created them. He gave them certain abilities, but then He said, now go, be fruitful, multiply, and, you know, use your abilities to create, to, to mm. excel, to make this place even better than what I've made it. Mm. I, mean, I think that's incredible, and I think yeah. that's, that's a really good leadership um principle you know mm. the people under you have the opportunity to make things even better than you possibly could have mm. yeah and you can actually see the same thing in the business world mm-hmm. um businesses used to be you'd have so many levels of management very hierarchical yeah very, and you just go up the hierarchy these days a lot of businesses are going for a more a flat approach so less supervisors more um employee empowerment is basically the key word of the day mm. and the reason more, more worker bees less queens Yes, yes. More, more Indians, less chiefs. Well, yeah. basically, by um, cutting it down, you cut down on management. It makes productivity go up if you've got the right employees. That's mm, where you they don't have to training. P- pay as much to all the... All the management. <laughs> um, but more importantly, it makes people more productive. Yeah. And in a church setting, you, you've already got motivated people. If They're volunteers. They wouldn't be in that position if they didn't want to be. And if you if the board or somebody is micromanaging, that also steals resources from the church because they've got to sit there and they're going to monitor the situation where they can be off and doing things. And there's one thing I've learned with churches is the the, the list of jobs is it's never ending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you, the fact 
I was going to say the fact that they are a volunteer on a volunteer basis. It's not like you've got a bunch of people that are highly motivated to work. It's not that they're not motivated, but what mm-hmm. I mean is if we, at your day job, if you lose that job, there's really significant um, mm-hmm. financial pain you're going to go through. If you don't uh, get a job at church, all that means is you get a little more time on your hands. So, yeah. so it's very hard to motivate people that are volunteers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, those who do volunteer usually um, want to get in and get the job. Exactly. Um, and let's face it, if it ch- if our church tomorrow had double the manpower, hmm. there'd still be an unlimited list of um, jobs that need to be done. <laughs> yeah. yes. So having said that, I wouldn't say no if we could get double the manpower tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, um, that would be very handy. But the point is, um, an, an increase in productivity certainly will not hurt the church. Hmm. It's just um, letting go. Which is mm-hmm. like we mentioned, is some yeah. people who in the job for a while, and and, it, and it's hard because you you do see people do other um, things that you wouldn't do, or and you got to let them learn and let them grow. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, it's not like you're not going to be useful. I mean, like I said, if the head deaconess probably moved on to another position, mm-hmm. um, and it's good to move around from mm-hmm. position to position as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I was thinking about this, probably one of the main things that stood out to me was the fact that I think the one of the main things that is lacking in our churches to try and combat this is a culture of, of mentoring. And I know we've mentioned this in some other episodes before, but if you have mentored somebody and they are then taking on the role, you're going to find it a lot easier to trust that person rather than seeing someone who is totally different, who in your mind is underqualified even if they're not necessarily but it, yeah. if according to your understanding they're not the perfect fit for the job or whatever they're going to come in and you're going to feel like you have to micromanage them in order to make sure everything still ticks over if we have a better culture of of, of mentorship then that person you're going to feel confidence in that person when they go into the role and so you're going to support them but you're also going to let them do their job yeah exactly yeah. but and Trouble is setting setting up those training programs is quite difficult too, mm. um, because we're volunteers. It, it's often hard to work out how to put a training program together. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I think it's also important to note note that uh, it's not always the leadership that is crying out for micromanagement. Mm. Like if you think about the that's f- true. One of the first um, situations where the the church if you like of the old testament israel mm. um set themselves up for micromanagement is when they asked for a king right and and that wasn't like saul saying hey god we need a king you know elect mm. me elect me it was the people saying god we want, we a, want king. a king mm. right we want to be micromanaged just like the, the nations around us mm. so that's so that we don't have to think <laughs> yeah well or at least then we don't have the responsibility yeah, yeah and and i think oftentimes um it's hard for a church to shift the culture away from micromanagement because the the people are either so used to or so desirous of the, a culture of micromanagement so that like you just said they can shift the responsibility away from themselves mm-hmm. to somebody else and what's the beauty of that if you're in that situation the beauty of that is when somebody does something wrong you get to blame them, not mm. take responsibility yourself, mm. right? Yeah. And so as a church, I think sometimes 
um, you know, I think a lot of the time the leaders need to take responsibility, right? Mm. Yeah. But, mm. but also, if you're not a leader in a church and you see a culture of micromanagement, put your hand up, mm. you know, put your hand up to be mentored, put your hand up to be used in a church so that you can shift that culture. Yeah. Mm. Don't just be one of those people that's like, well, you know what? Yeah, I want a king so that I don't have to take responsibility, so I don't have to do anything here. Yeah, you're not helping the situation by sitting um, in the in the back of you complaining. Yeah. If you if you want to see a change, mm. um, go and do something about it. Yeah, be proactive. be the power of, um, of yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. Another like, another problem with the micromanagement is yeah when when someone does go you know I've had enough mm. and gets passed to their boss so to speak, mm. then you know all that responsibility goes to them. Mm. They start burning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you know there's more of that level playing field mm. as you know you've got the re- that responsibility mm. if you want to quit well it's your responsibility to you know try and find someone to fill that place mm. so that you can move on yeah just i mean even going back to something you were saying ben before mm. about in the business world and you said you know this that they're flattening out their their management structures but that makes it more important to have the right employees and yep. I, and I think this is the same thing that we're seeing in the church is what you're saying Dave and, mm-hmm. and that is if we're going to be more corporately empowered so each individual is taking their own responsibility that requires individuals to take responsibility you yep. know it's not yep. just saying well then we shouldn't be micromanaging the people yep. the people then have to be a, a better quality of person yep. <laughs> you know yep. or better quality of christian i should yep. say yeah so we're putting the onus on both the, the leader and the that's the right. one who's being led yeah. and I, just speaking to the leaders i think you know rewind from the time when israel first wanted a king and you'll see what god's plan for leadership really was hmm. and that was that the leadership would be educating the mm. people to make the right choices, to be motivated, mm-hmm. to do the work, right? Yes. And I think that's God's plan today, you know, that, that we as leaders of the church, if you're a leader in, of any position in church, mm. that your role is to be to be educating, to be motivating, to be, to be bringing the best out of the people whom you're leading, mm. not just to be doing everything mm. or telling people to, to do everything, but to be to, to be um, teaching, to be um, mentoring, bringing out the best of, of those so ed- educating, even, not managing. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. I, it it's it's certainly in the um, leader's best interest as well. When you were talk, mm-hmm. talking to the Old Testament, my mind actually went to Moses. Mm-hmm. And remember in the, the court cases and he, his father-in-law comes and goes, Yeah, you're doing too much. You're, you're crazy. <laughs> you, you can't handle this. Yeah. Go find some yeah. qualified men and have divvy the, it up. And divvy up the work yeah. because it's the case of um, which happens with a lot of leaders burnout yes yeah definitely and micromanagement will certainly lead you down that path yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and even I was re- reflecting also when we were talking about um, you, what you were saying about education being the, the key there that it's the same with, with children you know being a parent I'm I'm micromanaging Seth, but that's because he's two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I you continue hope... to do that. Yeah, that's right. If you I... go from being a good parent to, to being be... a bad parent. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so we need to measure that that shift. Yeah. And when people are ready yeah. to, I like that to spread their wings and fly, so to speak, it's based know? on maturity. Yeah. Exactly. And so if yeah. we if we treat our the people under us like we should be treating our children, yeah. we yeah. should be getting much better results so than it, we do. Yeah. Uh, so if if that person doesn't have any idea of what this job is, hmm. I'll, I'll I'll just pick PA because I do that. Yeah, you do currently. That. Yeah. If if someone said you know I'd like to help out with PA and they had no mm. idea, 
would I micromanage? Of course you would. At that stage, yes. Mm. Once they learn how to do it, mm. then okay, you, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just you know keep an eye on you. Mm-hmm. And as they prove themselves, well, go for it. Mm. Yeah. So moving towards the remedy, yeah. Um, can I um, throw out something that I think is really, really important as a leader, mm. and and that is that you trust the people that you're leading. If you don't trust the people that you're leading, you're always going to micromanage. Mm. So so if we if we trust a person whom we're leading, we will give them the responsibility that they deserve to do the role on their own, right? Mm-hmm. And we won't feel that um, necessity to you know always be lording over them and telling them how to do what they should be doing. Mm. And then in doing so, we're letting them have, like I said earlier, the opportunity to fail, mm. you know. And then, but if if we're a good leader, when we do see them fail. Then instead of going over and being like, "Ah, oh, you did such a terrible job. You need to never do that again," we'll get beside them and say, "Is there any way that I can support you so that yeah. next time you don't have to go through that?" Yeah. Mm. But perhaps also a good way is asking them if they know how they went wrong with it, so that they can build themselves instead of not just going, "This is what you did out. wrong." Yeah. Mm. Yep. Good yeah. point. So if we do continue like along this path, spreading the responsibility and decentralizing that authority. Mm. Are there any legitimate dangers to that? Because, I mean, we're talking about the fact that this is the way to go, but at some point, like you were saying, you know, there's this uh, there's this swing, right? The, you know, at some point, if you keep doing the same thing, eventually it becomes a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So is there a point where the pendulum has swung too far in this direction? Well, if, no, if nobody is taking responsibility as a leader... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's that's the pendulum has swung too far. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, I almost feel like that's the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. because if nobody is taking the responsibility as a leader, then at least what you should have, and I'm not saying this is always the case, but what you should have is everybody who is there working together, working together to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a bit idealistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think probably the more realistic thing that would happen is chaos so you need some sort of structure of mm-hmm. working things out which you know, you've got you, you need people that can organize or, or communicate between different mm-hmm. different aspects of the church mm-hmm. um, and i think i think one of the other things is uh, like potential dangers is that if you overcorrect and and you throw someone in the deep end like you've said a couple of times nato that if someone doesn't know what they're doing well then micromanaging or, or you know heavy education is appropriate yeah but if someone doesn't know what they're doing throwing them in the deep end and just letting them letting them go is probably the other extreme, right? You're setting them up to fail because you're going to burn yeah. them out because they don't know what to do and then everybody else is going to be uh, at odds with them because they're not doing their job right. And, yes, and I, know, that, I know that yeah. feeling down the back and all the heads turn to look at you because something's not working with the PA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone always does the PA guy <laughs> when, um, when something squeaks. Yeah. yeah, I know, but can you imagine, like, I mean, you know what you're doing. But yeah. can you imagine what that would be like if someone didn't know what they were doing? Yeah. And that throw their hands that. up in the air. Yeah, I'm not like, doing I'm it not again. I'm not doing it exactly. And, and so yeah. it's a case of the. Uh, this is where what we talked about before of the leaders and the followers having to work together because yeah. there's responsibility on both sides. So yeah. there's responsibility on both sides for this very reason. So people are mentored appropriately, trained appropriately, but then trusted completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you guys have any any other thoughts around that? Because I, I kind of feel like, like for me anyway, as I've been thinking about this, even in the lead up to this discussion, I really feel like that that element of mentoring and building that trust relationship, like multi generationally, 
uh, not not just generationally, but between you know people that are in positions and people that are being trained. If we got that right, I feel like this problem would just go away. A- am I being too narrow-minded on it, or, or do you guys think that is probably a fair synopsis? I, I think it, it requires a complete shift, and that takes time. Hmm. So probably just be be a bit realistic about it if you're trying to implement this in a church environment that it's not going to happen all at once it's probably um, just going to be in your sphere of influence at least at first yeah yeah in fact if if you do try to make it happen all at once you'll probably find yourself having to micromanage to make that happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which kind of defeats the point yeah. purpose um I, I would i would suggest that um what was your question again is there, am, am I being too narrow? Is oh. there is there more to the solution than than we're talking just, about? Yeah, just mentoring, yeah. teaching. Um, I think that um, we have to recognise, like I said at the very beginning, human nature's part in this, mm. and so it's all well and good for us to educate and whatever, but we also do need to die to self um, in order to to experience this, mm. because otherwise we're we're naturally going to be inclined to be either the micromanager or the micromanaged. Mm. Um, yeah. at either one end of the, yeah. the spectrum mm. um, and so yeah I think I think self self needs to, to die for mm. it to be effective that's a fair call um, yeah. but otherwise yeah I agree the, mm. the structure of mentorship would be the key to the puzzle I, well, would it I also make it more attractive for people that just they don't really want to be involved at church oh, at the moment mm. if, if it was more attractive then you would end up having more workers mm-hmm. Well, and then the load of, would be spread around, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. You think of two scenarios. One scenario is you've been given opportunity to be the, let's say, the personal ministries leader at your church, um, but you're not allowed to choose what the personal ministries team does because it's already been stipulated for you mm. for years in advance. That's right. You've got a budget set. You can't deviate from the budget nor the plan, mm-hmm. and so your your job as the leader of the PA team is to comply with the We're, desires of the church. We we, we change teams. You said personal ministries. And then you Sorry. said PA. That's okay. Oh, uh, I, I, mean, I got personal you. Ministries. We got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow, or, or the second um, option would be uh, you're given that same responsibility, but you're given the freedom to, to have vision, to, to implement your own ideas and plans. Your your budget is is flexible mm-hmm. to, to your plans. You do yeah. cooperate with the leadership team of the church, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in, in your yeah. sphere of the church that you've been delegated responsibility, mm-hmm. you're given freedom. Yeah. I mean, of course like, you're th- going to th- want the is, ladder. There yeah, is exactly. a certain amount of management in that this is around the sort of topic that you need to do, or as in personal ministries, that is the sphere that, that you're you working work within, with. but you should have freedom yeah. within that yeah. with, within that yeah. field, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess what we'd really encourage you guys to do is to change your your sphere of influence because no, nobody is going to be able to change universally if we don't do it on a one-by-one basis. So we encourage you guys to do that. If you have uh, any any thoughts on this, like, let us know in the comments because we're really keen to hear your feedback as well or any particular portions of this that, that you've tried, especially if you've done something along these lines and it's been a real positive blessing in a church. We'd love to hear about that because hearing those stories uh, provides us with ideas, but also other people in our community as well so they can improve their own communities of faith. So... So with that, we'll um, we'll leave you, leave you with it. But uh, please keep an keep an ear out, and uh, if you haven't listened to our other episodes in this series as yet, please keep an eye out for them. So we'll catch you guys next time. 
And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk. And you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.